0: in the Word with Pastor Robert Morris. Today we're concluding our Good News series where Pastor Robert has been sharing how words that typically sound like bad news are turned to good when we look at them through Jesus Christ. Well, today's message is about death. Death is not typically good news. Yet today, Pastor Robert shares a scriptural and also very real message that will help us look at all of the reality of death with hope. So let's listen in with Pastor Robert now. All right, so
1: we are concluding the series called Good News, and what we've done is each week we've taken a word and shown how it's without Jesus coming and bringing the good news, that word's really kind of a bad word, Um, like the word condemnation, now there's no condemnation in Christ, like the word repentance, we saw that as a bad word, but it's really a good word to change our minds about something and allow, allow God to do a work in our heart, and then last week we talked about judgment, how we're punished for our bad works before Christ, but when we come to Christ, judgment becomes a whole new word, and that whole new word for us is that we're actually rewarded for our good works. So this week the, the word is death. We're going to talk about death because before Christ, death only had a bad connotation to it. Now, As I thought about this, I I thought I really can't say that the only definition or the only application of death is good news. So I really believe God's given me a very scripturally balanced message that will help us all deal with the subject of death, not only for one day what we'll face, but what we face all the time with our family, friends, and loved ones, and things like that. So point number one is, part of death is bad news. Part of death is bad news because there's a person you love that you're not going to see anymore on this earth. So we've got to recognize that. Uh, we have a, a, some friends from high school. Uh, so we've known them. I've known him uh, since sixth grade. And um, so I'd like sixth grade so much I, I, I did it twice. But anyway, I'm, I'm joking. But Anyway, so we've known this couple. They started dating in high school. Debbie and I started dating in high school, so we've known them for a long time. Uh, her brother, my, my, one of my best friends growing up then, and then again, we've known this couple for a long time. Her brother um, got COVID, very severe, had other complications, and for the last two weeks has been very close to death. And so they've been texting us updates and... Um, On Friday morning, I got a phone call, and I looked down and saw the caller ID, and I saw it was my friend. And here's what I knew immediately. I knew it was bad news. He wasn't texting me an update. He was going to take the time to call me. And and sure enough, and he told me then that um, his wife's brother had passed away. Now, they're believers. His wife's brother, a believer. So we know, no more pain, we know where he is, we know all of that, but it still hurts. There's no reason for us to, to try to avoid that truth. But why am I saying bad news? Because I'm going to go to point two in a minute, which is going to sound just a little different, give us more clarification, but why am I saying bad news? Let me tell you how death is really bad news for some people. And that is for any person who dies without believing in Christ. It's very bad news. Let me show you a scripture. You may have never even seen this scripture or heard this phrase before. John 8, verse 21, Jesus is talking to some Pharisees. And he said, then Jesus said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and will die in your sin. This is a theological phrase that we are very familiar with in theological circles, but most people have probably never even heard this phrase, die in your sin. You will die in sin. Where I go, you cannot come. In other words, I'm going to go be with the Father. You're not going to, though. So the Jews said to him, well, will he kill himself? They never knew what he was talking about. Because he says, where I go, you cannot come. And he said to them, you are from beneath, and I am from above. You are of this world, and I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if, and now he's going to explain what it means to die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. If you don't believe that I'm the Messiah, if you don't believe I'm the son of God, if you don't believe who I say I am, you're going to die in your sins. And if you die in your sins, you're not going to be able to go where Jesus is going, which is to, to be with the Father. I, I want to, the, the majority of people that I, I speak to every weekend are believers. But not everyone. There are people listening that could be flipping through the channels and see me for the first time. There are people who are searching for God or who grew up in some sort of a, a religion that tells you you have to work your way to heaven or grew up in even a false religion. I want to plead with you to give your life to Jesus. And here's one of the reasons. You don't know when you're going to die. You really don't know. You, you, you think you might know. And you see all of these things on the on the movies where people give this um, soliloquy at the end of their life, you know? They've been shot or stabbed, and they're able to give this one-minute monologue, you know? Okay. Um, just from someone who's been close to death, uh, from, from my own experience, I couldn't talk. I, I, I had lost so much blood. I, could, I didn't have the energy to talk. I could hear them talking. I could hear the paramedics say, I can't get a heartbeat. Can you get a a pulse? Can you get a pulse? I can't get a pulse. And I wanted to say, I have a pulse. (laughs) And I couldn't say it. So I'm simply saying that death can happen in an instant. And you won't have time to repent. And the truth is that even if it doesn't happen in an instant, the the statistics are, that if you won't give your life to Jesus now, you're not going to end up giving your life to Jesus on your deathbed. And what you need to know is that you're going to die in your sins, which means you're going to be eternally separated from God. But I want to just say something else that might mean something to you that maybe you've never thought about it this way. You will also be eternally separated from all family and friends who are believers. Here's the reason I'm saying this. I know people who have family and friends that are believers, and they love them, but they never think about, you'll be eternally separated from them as well. Um, I was doing a memorial service one time. I was probably in my 20s. And when you're in your 20s, um, hmm, let me see how I say this. Sometimes you say things that later you think of better ways to say them as you get older. Um, and uh, so, so uh, I was, it was a godly grandmother that had passed away. And five of her grandsons, great, great-grandsons, I believe, pardon me, great-grandsons were teenagers and they were unbelievers and they, they had grown up in church, but they were rebellious. And literally they stood outside and smoked cigarettes and made jokes and then came in and sat down together. Um, kind of letting us, all of us church people know, you know, we're, we're tough and cool. And um, so while I was speaking, I thought, you know, they may never hear the truth again. So I might as well tell them, you know. And so as I shared, I, I just had this come to me. I said, in a moment, we're all going to pass by the casket. And I want all of you, I want all of you to tell, and I, whatever her, however they called her, grandma or whatever, I said, I want you to tell her something. I want every one of you to. And I remember looking down at these five boys. I said, I want you to tell her something. I said, you know, when you're 20s, you just go for it. You know, you just might as well. And um, so um, I said, if you're a believer, I want you to say to her, I'll see you later. Because this won't be the last time you see her. And then I said, but if you're an unbeliever... <laughs> I said, I want you to tell her goodbye. And I went like this, because you're never going to see her again. She's going to go to heaven, and you're going to go to hell. So I just, you know, I just... <laughs> there might have been a better way to say it, but... <laughs> one of them got saved, so that... <laughs> <laughs> that was good. So, so he loved his grandmother. And he remembered how his grandmother told him about Jesus Christ. And he was already feeling, I don't want to live this life that I'm living. And so God used that. By the way, I shared that one time in a, in a message here at Gateway. I, I think I shared it right after it happened, probably 10 or 15 years ago. And uh, a few years after that, Nancy Briggs, Pastor Tommy Briggs' wife, was uh, passing away from cancer. And so Debbie and I went to visit her in the hospital. We knew it would probably be the last time that we saw her. And um, so when I got ready to leave, you know, I told Tommy, you know, goodbye and all. And I turned to Nancy and I said, bye, Nancy. And she said, "Uh uh-uh, see you later. (laughs) She said, don't tell me goodbye (laughs) because we're going to see each other later and we will see each other later. So Part of it's bad news. Here's, here's the second thing about death. Part of death is sad news. Now we've talked about bad news and good news, but it's sad news. And what I mean by this is it's okay to be sad when someone passes away who even was a believer. You you don't have to put on a happy face because you're a Christian. You don't have to deny your feelings. I, I, I've told more people that is they say, I know I should be happy. No, you shouldn't. You should be sad. It's okay to be sad. Now, it's, it's, it's okay also to be grateful that you're going to see this person again. That's wonderful. But it's okay to be sad. The Bible actually tells you to mourn. It's good to mourn. Uh, listen to this scripture, 1 Thessalonians 4.13 and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who had died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Now, I want you to notice what he said here. He didn't say, I want you to know what will happen to these believers who have died, so you will not grieve, period. He said, so you will not grieve as people who have no hope. But you can still grieve, and you should grieve. And if you talk to experts in this area, it's a part of the healing process. You you need to grieve. Here, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2, to everything there's a season, a time for every person under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die. And then verse 4 says, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. And the New Testament backs this up, Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. It's okay to weep when someone dies. It's, it's okay to be sad. Part of death is, it's sad news. This, you're, you're not going to see this person for a while on earth. And here's one of the best confirmations that I've ever seen in the Bible that it's okay to weep when someone dies it's the shortest verse in the bible john 11:35 it has a subject and a verb jesus wept if jesus weeps when someone dies is it okay but I want to show you why he wept. I mean, it's like everybody knows the shortest verse in the Bible, but did he really weep because Lazarus died? Or was there another reason he wept? Let me show you the verses leading up to verse 35. Verse 33. "Therefore, this is talking about Mary now, when Jesus saw her weeping, when Jesus saw her weeping. And the Jews who had come with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. I'll explain that phrase to you in a moment. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. I want you to remember the story. You can read the whole chapter later. It's John 11. The whole chapter is about Lazarus dying and being raised from the dead. Lazarus had died four days earlier. And Jesus didn't weep then. He had to tell his disciples, Lazarus is dead. He knew he was dead. He didn't weep. He also knew he was going to raise him from the dead. So it really doesn't make much sense that he would weep over Lazarus dying because he's going to go raise him from the dead. Why did he weep? He wept because he had become a human and he saw what death did to other humans. He wept because Mary's heart was broken, because Martha's heart was broken. He wept because Romans says, weep with those who weep. He saw Lazarus' family and friends, and he saw how much they were hurting. That's what caused him to weep, because he saw they were hurting. But not only did he weep, something else happened that again, this is a phrase that's very easy to miss if you don't go back to some definitions. Read Let me read again verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, when he saw Mary weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, watch this, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Okay, that word groaned, in the groaned means to snort with anger. That's what it means in the Greek. Very unusual word, to snort with anger. I would imagine like someone going just angry, just you know, just, just upset. And then this word uh, was troubled means agitated. He was angry. And agitated when he saw them weeping, he wasn't angry and agitated at them. He was angry and agitated at death. It made him mad that death had entered the world through sin, and death was doing this to his his friends, people he loved. He loved. We already told that he loved Lazarus, and he loved Mary, and he loved Martha. Hey, by the way, they were angry and agitated also, except they were angry and agitated at the wrong person. You remember that? They were angry and agitated at Jesus. (laughs) Verse 21, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then in verse 32, then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I just want you to know, it's all right to be angry and agitated at death, but don't be angry and agitated at the one who overcomes death. Be angry and agitated at the one who brought death into the world. That's the one you need to be angry and agitated with. And you got to be really careful with regrets. You would think that that when someone dies close to you, that Satan would leave you alone. You'd think that Satan had a little bit of respect. He has none. You you would think that that he would think, okay, you know, she just lost her mother. Her mother was her best friend. I'm going to leave her alone for a little while. No, he's going to come and tell you what a bad daughter you were. He's going to come and tell you, How you weren't there for her to end. He's going to remind you, you should have said this and you didn't say this. I'm telling you, don't get angry and agitated, not only at God because a person died, because there's a time to be born and a time to die, but don't get angry and agitated at yourself. It's very, very easy. The easiest time in the world to get angry and agitated is at death. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry and agitated at Satan. Just don't get angry and agitated at God or at what the devil's telling you about yourself. So part of death is is bad news. Part of death is sad news. Here's number three. Part of death is good news. It's good news. So remember I told you that Jesus got angry and agitated. So what did he do about it? You know what he did about it? He destroyed what was destroying us. And he destroyed the person that brought death into the world. Let me read you the scriptures. I love these scriptures. Hebrews two, fourteen, 14. Inasmuch then as the children have, been, have partakers of flesh and blood, he himself, that's Jesus, likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death That is the devil. And 1 John 3, 8, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus got so angry at Lazarus' funeral. Of course, this had been planned before the foundation of the world. He decided, I'm just going to destroy it. I'm, I'm going to turn this bad news word into a good news word. Now, I'm going to, it's amazing how God plans the the messages. That doesn't mean they're perfect because I get involved and mess them up, but God plans these things. So remember, I start this talking about the word gospel means good news. So I want you to, here's the last scripture that I'm wrapping up the whole series with about Jesus destroying death and how it's good news. 2 Timothy 1.10 But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light. Through the what? The gospel, which means good news. Through the good news. Uh, This next Saturday will be the one-year anniversary of my mother's death. Natural death spiritually, she didn't die because Jesus died for her. She's a believer. She closed her eyes on earth. She opened her eyes in heaven. It's that quick. But it was September 4th, a year ago. For 18 days, she was in the hospital before she passed away. My father and I were talking, my sister and I have talked about this. Um, she was the happiest we had seen her in years, those last 18 days. It was amazing. She was telling us jokes. She was telling us about, you know, funny stories. She was telling us stories we'd never heard. She told us how she met, you know, the first time she ever saw my father. She told us she was just happy. I mean, she was happy, very happy. Um, she, you know, through some, some, some of the medicine, she, she had some hallucinations, you know, and, um, and then later, she, she had told me, she said, that, she said there, there I saw some snakes um, uh, crawling on the ceiling. And then later, she told me about that she and I had gone somewhere, and I had a barn. And she said, what are you going to do with all that stuff? Are you going to sell it? Or, you know, what are you going to do? And, and so I, I didn't know what to say. You know, I, I don't know. I, you know, I was trying to figure it out. And uh, finally, I said, Mom, we, we didn't go you know, to such and such city, and I don't have a barn full of stuff. And she said, I'm probably saying some crazy things because of the medicine, don't you think? I said, yeah, I think you are. I said, you, you even told me that there were snakes crawled on the ceiling. She went like this, oh, the snakes are real. <laughs> but she was so happy she said to me one time when I was alone in the room with her and later I found out she said it to my sister when my sister was alone in the room she said I need to tell you something very important she said I want you to be okay with what's about to happen because I'm okay with it and then she told my dad Just a few days before she passed away. I've been waiting for this my whole life. The only way you say things like that is if you know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior and you're going to heaven. You know that it's good news.
0: We want you to take a moment to think about what Pastor Robert shared today and really listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. If you want to connect with us or check out some of Pastor Robert's other messages, visit pastorrobert.com. And if you haven't already, go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter so we can be a part of your community. We're so glad that you joined us for this good news series, and we hope you found it encouraging. Until next time, be blessed. Be blessed.